0: This episode brought to you by Alert Communications. If any law firm is looking for call, intake, or retainer services available 24 7, 365, just call 866 827 5568.
1: Welcome to the AVA Journal Legal Rebels podcast, where we talk to men and women who are remaking the legal profession, changing the way the law is practiced, and setting standards that will guide us into the future.
0: Welcome, I'm your host, Lyle Moran. My guest today is Song Richardson, Dean of UC Irvine School of Law. She assumed the role at the start of 2018 and has helped the Young Law School continue to achieve great success. Song has also guided the law school in its efforts to address the many challenges posed by COVID-19, a topic that will be the focus of our conversation. Song, thanks for joining me.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Lyle, it's a pleasure.
0: Well, Song, could you start by sharing when you first got a sense that the spread of COVID-19 could impact the law school's operations?
2: Yes, I remember it very clearly. It was in uh, the spring, around March of this year, and we had anticipated it. So we had already had in place a plan to transition to online learning.
0: Yeah, and what was part of that plan?
2: That plan was our remarkable IT team started identifying classes uh, that we would experiment with to go online with a couple of classes using Zoom to test out the equipment. So that had been our plan (laughs) until until March.
0: And what had sparked the idea to have a plan like that, the potential for a pandemic or just the potential for some disruptive event?
2: No, it was the potential for the pandemic. So we'd been following the news closely and and we were thinking that something like this was just around the corner. So we thought that we were being very proactive in beginning to think about switching all of our operations online.
0: And so when did you actually have to implement this plan that had been devised?
2: Immediately upon returning from spring break in March, we had essentially one day's notice when the entire campus decided that it was time for us to go online. And we remarkably were able to do that in one day in mid-March.
0: Wow. And what was the response like from students to this quick uh, transition?
2: (laughs) I, I love the fact that you're focused on our our students because I would say that the response from our students, our staff, our faculty uh, was the same, which was a bit of shock. And then just trying to figure out how to overcome the anxiety, especially our students, about what this might mean for the remainder of their semester.
0: And what was your message to the students about how to try and embrace this unexpected event?
2: Luckily, at UCI, we have a very tight and close community. So my message was along those lines. It's we're used to and accustomed to addressing challenges together. And as long as we communicate with each other and experiment and work together and be in constant communication with each other, that we would get through this as a community.
0: And did you have like a similar message that you gave um, the faculty?
2: I gave the identical message to students, to faculty, and to staff. And it truly was, I think, a testament to our community how quickly everyone came together around this new format, around this new way of running the law school and teaching our students.
0: And how would you say finishing off the spring semester in this new format went overall?
2: Remarkably... Well, I'm one of those people who like challenges like this, and it's not to underestimate the human toll at all. But we have learned so many lessons uh, from teaching in this format that will survive once we're all back in person, once we've been able to to get this global pandemic under control.
0: Yeah. Could you share, um, you know, what some of those lessons might be that, you know, will remain in place um, beyond this period?
2: Absolutely. I'll focus on on our students. One of the things that has been remarkable is the ability of students not only to bond with each other, but to bond with us, their faculty. And, and I think part of the reason for that is we've all gone above and beyond to ensure that we're creating relationships with our students and mechanisms for ensuring that they have the ability to contact us, to learn from us, to ask the questions that they have. And so this online Zoom format has been remarkably helpful in teaching our students.
0: And I saw that, you know, UCI wanted to ensure that equity and inclusion were still emphasized even with online learning. How did the law school go about, you know, still prioritizing those topics?
2: We have an alliance of students that we meet with. So these are the leadership uh, groups of all of our affinity student groups. And we continue to develop and meet with them constantly. We're also in contact with them and other student groups about particular challenges that certain student groups might have or students, certain students might have. So for instance, not every student has access to Wi-Fi. Not every student has access to a place where they can study in private and alone. Not every student has a laptop that is new enough to deal with these technologies. So through the generosity of our external partners and our faculty and staff at the school, we've been able to, to help those students who might be struggling more than others. So that's one way that we've been able to address that.
0: And Song, you know, there's many of these technologies that we've become so accustomed to using during COVID-19, but what were some, you know, key technical elements that were, you know, central to UCI Law School um, being able to effectively function remotely?
2: We have an incredible IT team. They were able to set up things like a Zoom room where anyone who had any technical difficulties, which seems ironic, right? <laughs> could call into a Zoom room. <laughs> or the, the thing that we often forget, I think, in this time is you can actually call someone <laughs> on the phone without Zoom, without a camera. <laughs> so you
0: can't,
2: <laughs> I know, but we forget, right? So the phone itself has, has been incredibly important, but our, our IT staff and the Zoom room that they set up was invaluable. They, they can log on to our own and take control of our own computers and help us through any problem that we as faculty have had and, and also that students have had. They truly are the heroes of this time, I would say.
0: Great. Now, were students able to um, continue doing work through the law school's various clinics?
2: Yes. So the clinical faculty were able to, even in a distance learning environment, they were able to arrange it so that our students are still doing clinical work. Our students are still appearing in court. Our students are still doing their pro bono work and their externship work. Again, I think it's just a testament to how innovative our community is, that our students have still been able to do everything that they were able to do before we went fully online.
0: And what has the feedback been from students about continuing their legal work in the clinics in this way? Have they still found it fulfilling?
2: They have, and they even do more than the, the, the work that they're required to do in their clinical classes. That's what's been so inspiring with our students from the very beginning, they were out there doing pro bono work to help the broader community address some of the challenges that they had dealing with the COVID global pandemic. So the the feedback has been remarkable and they have enjoyed those efforts to continue to help.
0: Right. And what other type of, you know, out of class activities has the law school, you know, still been able to offer during the, um, the ongoing pandemic?
2: Well, I'll talk about our graduation last year, which in some ways, and maybe the students will disagree with me about this. We had an online graduation that I thought was one of the best graduations that I had participated in in my entire time of, of teaching. I guess part of the reason for that is people took so much more time, right, to, to be present to communicate everything that they wanted to to their families through recordings that they did. So that that's one remarkable event that I thought went very well.
0: And what do you mean by recordings? Were those like messages that were shared with the whole community?
2: Yes. And so every student, instead of walking across stage, they had their moment on Zoom. And so they were able to show photos, they were able to record a message to their fellow students or to their family or to faculty. And so we went through the entire graduating class that way. And it was really impactful and special in a way that I would never have anticipated.
0: And, you know, say when eventually you'd be able to hold an in-person graduation again, I mean, is there some way you could incorporate those like photos and, you know, personal effects? I don't know, in a way that in an in-person setting.
2: Lyle, what a great idea. You should come here (laughs) and work with us. (laughs) Hey,
0: I haven't gone to law school yet, so (laughs) there's still time.
2: Exactly. Come to UCI. That's a brilliant idea. So as people are walking across the stage, that might be, uh, you have just given me an idea to to send to our assistant dean of students. I, I think we could.
0: Well, happy to be of help. Um, We'll be back after a short break. As the largest legal-only call center in the US, Alert Communications helps law firms and legal marketing agencies with new client intake. Alert captures and responds to all leads 24-7, 365 as an extension of your firm in both English and Spanish. Alert uses proven intake methods, customizing responses as needed, which earns the trust of clients and improves client retention find out how Alert can help your law office, call 866-827-5568 or visit alertcommunications.com slash LTN. Welcome back to my conversation with Song Richardson, Dean of the UC Irvine School of Law. Song, I understand that a teaching and learning committee was set up for faculty and I was wondering if you could share a little bit about the role of that committee during COVID-19.
2: Sure. And this teaching and learning committee was already in place prior to COVID. And after COVID, it went into high gear. And the the people who led that committee were truly remarkable. What they did throughout the entire summer, what every faculty member did throughout the entire summer was to meet weekly, to begin to move their classes from remote teaching to online teaching, which is very different because we wanted to ensure that our students would not be missing out at all on the type of education that they were getting simply because we were online. And that was the role of the Teaching and Learning Committee over the course of the summer.
0: Can you share what you think the distinction is between remote teaching and online teaching?
2: Sure. We're lucky here at UCI because we have the nation's expert in our School of Education on online learning. So One way to think about it is remote is what we all did in the spring. We took our classes, did them exactly the same way, and just transferred to the Zoom platform. When we think about online teaching, that involves we we learn differently, right, when we're online. So it requires multiple assessments. It requires recordings that can take place prior to students and faculty meeting together in a classroom environment. It requires the ability to Uh, Use breakout rooms and other visual aids while you're teaching to ensure that people are engaged. So those are just a few of the things that differentiate remote teaching from online teaching. And online teaching required us to actually redo our entire course to, to address the different platform that we were using.
0: So this fall, is there any in-person learning going on or is, have you been doing solely the online teaching?
2: With very, very limited exceptions, it's been online.
0: Okay, and we are in early November. I mean, what's the feedback been from both students and faculty about how things have gone this fall?
2: The The feedback has been overall positive, but everyone is exhausted. I, I don't think that that's anything different than any other schools or workplaces across the country are, are dealing uh, with right now. To take online teaching seriously is to do a lot more than we've done before, and it is exhausting.
0: You know, and a lot of us have gotten used to this phrase, Zoom fatigue. Um, yes. You know, what is the law school doing to help both, as you mentioned, faculty and students, you know, not to get overwhelmed and burnt out by screen time? Like, are there any, I guess, techniques in trying to address that exhaustion people are experiencing?
2: I I think you put your finger on it. I think it's ensuring that we are in constant communication with our students and with faculty. That's what we've been doing. It's because we're in constant communication, like I'm in the communication with faculty, um, reminding them that this is fatiguing, And exhausting. And that we all have to ensure that we're taking the time we need so that we're not burning out. And the same with students. We are much more open to acknowledging the fact that people are suffering right now and to take that into account as we think about our teaching and what our expectations of each other are.
0: And I saw there was even a, um, I believe, a Law. dot com piece where you were kind of outlining your daily regimen. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> oh no, I, I did that. read that in preparation. <laughs> um, so you know, and it looked like you have a full plate, including you know this um, discussion day. I mean, what are you doing personally to help you manage everything in this these times?
2: Lyle, that is not the question you should be asking me <laughs> to the extent we're supposed to model uh, behaviors. <laughs> i um I, I will say I've gotten much much better over the course of the past month. The, the The problem is, right? we We all want to try to do everything, but I realized that I can't ask people to take their physical and mental health seriously if I don't model doing that myself. And so I've been trying not to have back-to-back Zoom meetings starting very early in the morning and going very late into the evening. I, I've started to triage just as I'm asking everyone else to do the same because it is a marathon and we have to try to stay healthy and work through it.
0: And, you know, as we're well aware, there's also a... Um very kind of hotly contested election going on, which, you know, people have strong feelings about, you know, how is that the election atmosphere and just the legal implications in play with election law? I mean, how is that playing out at the law school right now?
2: Again, I, I, I feel like I keep repeating myself, and I think it's because it's so important, the communication Right. The communication, the constant communication and checking in with all members of our community. So when it comes to the election, we are having a webinar on Thursday. Well, we'll address whoever it is. If we know who has won the election by Thursday. And that's a very open question. We'll talk about the legal aspects of whatever situation we might be dealing with at the time. If we know who the winner is, we'll talk about what different administrations might look like for different areas of the law. So we have a time set aside right now to begin to address some of these issues on Thursday.
0: Right. You know, another topic I wanted to explore briefly was the impact of COVID-19 on recruiting new students. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, how has the pandemic affected those efforts to bring in new aspiring lawyers?
2: So as every school across the country was, we were worried about how it might affect us last year. These incoming students, so we had an online admitted students weekend. We did everything online. And then we welcomed our first class this fall. They are truly remarkable. They couldn't wait to be in the classroom They have made the transition to being 1L law students seamlessly. I'm in constant communication with them. I was in constant communication with them this summer. They are truly remarkable in the way that they have made this transition um, in an online way. I I, I am amazed by what they've done.
0: Yeah, and were you surprised at all, especially, you know, given I I think some might think, well, in the middle of this pandemic, does it make sense to start law school? I mean, was there (laughs) any of that vibe or was it really, you know what, this is the new world we're in right now and we've got to go forward?
2: It it was more the latter. And I'll just tell you a, a couple conversations I had during some of the Zoom happy hours and other get togethers I would have with the 1Ls over the summer. What they said is they couldn't wait. They were so bored. (laughs) <laughs> with doing the same old thing, that like they couldn't wait to to start this new adventure and get into the classroom. So, and, and you could tell that that was the case uh, when we started teaching this fall.
0: Right. And Song, just to maybe end by looking ahead, um, obviously, as we're seeing, COVID is still raging strong in the country. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what do you anticipate for the spring semester in terms of what the learning at um, UCI Law School will look like?
2: We will definitely start fully online in the spring, and then we'll see uh, what happens throughout the semester and and whether it's safe based on public health protocols and information, whether it's safe to start bringing students back in very, very small groups. We might do that, but right now we intend to be fully online.
0: Great. Well, Song, thanks so much for joining me.
2: Thank you so much. This was fun.
0: I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to rate and review the Legal Rebels podcast on your favorite podcast listening service. I'm your host, Lyle Moran, signing off.
1: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit legalrebels.com, legaltalknetwork.com, subscribe via iTunes and RSS, find both the ABA Journal and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn.